Good evening and welcome to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here along with the silent assassin, Matt Costa. We're going old school tonight with just the two of us. And, you know, it's kind of appropriate that we're going old school tonight because we're going to kick it old school with some talk about Art Bell this evening. We lost Art Bell a week ago, today, actually. And uh, there's there's been a void since then, you know, even though Art had kind of retired and wasn't actively on the radio anymore, not seeing his multiple times a day Facebook posts about Donald Trump that I vehemently disagreed with, but still had enough respect for Art not to crap all over his opinions. But uh, it's just it's felt odd. And this is this is the third big loss in the past like year for the Spooky South Coast family because we lost our Gary Patterson just about a year ago. We lost Jim Mars a few months ago and now Art Bell. So we weren't supposed to be on the air tonight. We were supposed to be having an event at the Lizzie Borden Bed and Breakfast uh, because of the auction associated with that and the all the items not – here's the thing. This is a tough time of year for the paranormal world because as the winter has ended – Everyone in the paranormal world is getting out and going to events and getting out to investigations and all the things that they couldn't do all winter long. Now it's like every like look at Stephanie. She's not here. She's in uh, St. Augustine, Florida at an event down there. And we were in Mount Washington last weekend. So this is the time of year when everybody's jumping back into this full force. People are out filming. People are out running events. So it's hard to have all the items come in. So not everything that has been uh, said that it will be donated has actually arrived yet. So we said, all right, well, we're going to have to put this off. So we will have that auction to help benefit Max and the Lizzie Boyd and Bed and Breakfast coming up in the next couple of weeks. But for now, we're just going to wait and see you know, if we can get all that stuff rolling in. So we weren't supposed to be here tonight. But I feel like we had to come on. We could have taken the night off anyway because it was already a planned night off. But... To have the chance to come on and share some remembrances of Art Bell, I thought was important. I thought to have the chance to kind of just pay homage to the man and and what he meant to the paranormal world. And we'll take your calls on that, even though we are broadcasting only on YouTube, on SpookySouthCoast.com, and on Spooky TV, and wherever else you get YouTube, and on the app, and all that kind of stuff. We still can take phone calls. So we will do that if anybody wants to call in and share their thoughts on Art Bell and what he meant. And we'll talk a little bit about his legacy. We'll talk a little bit about his influences. And we'll talk about what he brought to this world of the paranormal. Because a lot of people that are listening to this show or watching this show probably got into the topic from listening to Art Bell. And although he was a pioneer in discussing these type of uh, phenomena and stories and subject matter on the radio... He wasn't the first. He brought it to more homes than anybody ever had, to more radios than anybody ever had. But he was influenced by others who had come before him. And so I think if you asked Art Bell what he thought his legacy would be, I think for him it would be the fact that talk radio still is alive at a time when so many other media are just disappearing. 
but still driving down the road at night, you want that voice, you want that companion, and nobody was better at it than Art Bell. So uh, we'll we'll be sharing some remembrances of him. Uh, Chris Balzon will be joining us in a little bit. We'll talk about Art's influence just in our lives and in this show, because we get goofy here on the show. We have a lot of fun. We talk about some things that are, you know, outside the scope of the paranormal. We talk a lot about snacks. That happens, too. But at the heart of what we do here on Spooky South Coast, the heart of this show, I want to be in the same vein as as Art Bell and, and what he did. I want it to be a place where the guests can come on and share their story, as crazy as it may sound, as weird as it may be, and have them have their say without us trying to debunk their claims, without us trying to expose them or explain away what it is that they might be telling us, we want them just to to have a place where they can come on and share. That's not to say that we won't question. And that was one thing about Art. Art would let you have your say, but he was going to ask some follow-up questions that may make you uncomfortable. Or that may not be easily answered. And so that's when we started this show in January of 2006. At that time, Art had already started taking a bit of a backseat on Coast to Coast AM. He was, I believe at that time, just doing weekends. And George Norrie had taken over. And, And Matt Costa, I remember us having conversations as we started putting the show together of, how do we want to approach the topic? And I remember distinctly saying, I want to be more like Art and not so much like George. I, I didn't turn the force of habit. I turned the wrong microphone on. Right. He was definitely an inspiration for the show. And, I mean, back in those days, you and I were... Uh, egg- we, were just, we were a couple of, couple of fanboys. We were, but we yeah. were also we were egg flippers in the morning. Right. And uh, And so we would... Get in there at a time when Coast to Coast was still on the radio. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'd get to work, and you know it'd be the the final hour, and then the rebroadcast of the first hour. And uh, we listened to a lot of the show. And at least I know I did. Um, and I I would sit there, and sometimes I would, you know, burn some toast or or cook an egg a little too long because I was wrapped up in what was going on in the conversation on the radio. Right. But uh, I think even at that point, we kind of understood that. And, and this is just, in my opinion, one came across as genuine, a genuine approach, and one came across as, uh, I'm just a professional radio person and this is what we talk about. And so, even being very raw at this and very new to this, I could tell that distinction. And I wanted to make sure that my approach would always be the idea of wanting to learn and wanting to question and wanting to find things out and never just sound like I'm just a guy doing a radio show. Right. I that mean, just happens I, to be about the, power, you, about the paranormal. Did, you always thought that um, Art Bell had more of a genuine interest in it? I, I do. I think that he, you know, if you told me he was the kind, and I, I, I get it. You know, mm-hmm. I also understand that in some respects, a lot of it was probably a gimmick. Mm-hmm. Because when you, just, just take a step back and look at the way that the show started. Well, Art Bell had been on the radio for a long time, but when he started to talk about all these weird topics and when the show became Coast to Coast AM, it was the mid-90s. 
And that's a time when the X-Files was popular. That's a time when a lot of these paranormal-themed uh, television specials were airing. And, and, and the sci-fi channel was just getting off the ground. So in those days, you know, the paranormal was a very popular fringe topic. So if you're going to be the guy that's going to be on the radio overnight, why not pick up some of those topics and add those into your show? We've seen it happen, you know, locally on WBZ radio when uh, when Jordan Rich was on overnights. He would talk All about right. a variety of yeah. other things, but every once in a while it would focus on the paranormal. And so I think that that just lends itself, that time slot, that overnight radio lends itself to having those discussions and talking about those topics. And I do think, and, and, and I know, I haven't really heard Art say this uh, in a lot of interviews, but especially being somebody who's from you know, Nevada and Long John Nebel being on in New York, but also Art was a ham radio guy. And he listened to radio from all over the world, so I'm sure that Long John Nebel was part of his influence. But Long John Nebel was really the guy in the 50s and 60s that started to say, hey, I'm going to take some of these weird topics and put this on the radio. And he was definitely still on the air at a time when Art was first uh, getting on the air as well. So I, th I think that that probably was a bit of an influence in what he was doing to say, we can take these shows, these topics, these these fringe ideas and bring them to a mass audience and the mass audience will respond. It will, not only will it get you ratings, but it'll get you calls. And when you're an overnight talk show host, or actually any talk show host, calls are the the meat and potatoes of, of your show. Mm -hmm. You know that you can plan all you want for you know four or five hours of talking about certain topics but it's those calls that make your job interesting it's those calls that take you in directions that you never thought you would want to go or that you would be going and so that's what i think art really wanted more than anything not to speak for him but i think that's what he was looking to have happen more than anything he was looking to have callers that were engaged in the topics and callers that were interested in sharing and then you never know what's going to happen when they start calling in and when Chris comes on, we, you know, we can talk about some of those callers uh, because Coast to Coast certainly had its its fair share of regulars who were weird. And, and, and we, we've been fortunate enough to get one of them to come over to Spooky South Coast, which he has never called in, but he's popped into the chat room and he has, uh, he has attacked us on Facebook. And I'm hoping it's the real guy. But uh, J.C. Webster has uh, – Spooky South Coast is on his radar. So – JC, if you listen to the show, if any time you are ever going to call in, uh, tonight would be the time. And anybody else can call in as well, 508-996-0500, 877-996-1420, if you want to call in and share your thoughts uh, about Art Bell. I can tell you that listening – see, I started listening full bore when we got into the paranormal world just prior to the beginning of the show, when we, when we said, we've really got to pay attention to this, we've really got to up our game. But I had heard Art's show, because my dad is, a, is an overnight guy. You know, he, he's always worked overnights, and he's always told me about Art Bell, and other people had always told me. So I, you know, I remember tuning it in, trying to tune it in in the 90s, um, and a friend of mine, Jay, who was a, a big-time radio show collector, uh, had a lot of uh, some old recordings too, but... It was one of those things where when you 
tuned in, you never really knew where you were going to go. That's why they would always say, you know, want to take a ride, because that's what you were doing. And there were some topics that before I really got into this, I dismissed completely. You know, remote viewing, I never would have given that a serious thought. Until you start listening to these shows and hearing, you know, Major Ed Dames and hearing some of these other guests over and over again and realize there's got to be something to this. So I think as much as it was entertaining, as much as it was just trying to get through four or five hours of radio a night, it was also educational and opening Mm -hmm. up – you know, a whole new belief set for people that were listening. Right, gave if, a gave a platform to ideas that you, you normally would never hear of. You couldn't take everything seriously. You couldn't. You like had the bar- to, vampire shows and stuff. Some of it you had to take with a grain of salt. Right. <laughs> and and some of the callers you had to take with a grain of salt. And I feel like in this YouTube format, but it gave them for the show we can an opportunity, a platform, a, a soapbox. Right. He would just. I mean, we can we can say on this YouTube format we're not on the radio, so it's not like we're, you know, competing uh, uh, competing right now with with coast to coast. But we we can say you know we've come to find out over the years some of them are plants, and that has taken away some of the luster. Now I don't think any of those plants were in existence during Art's time, and if I'm speculating as to why there was this separation between Art and Premier Networks. Uh, in recent years. I think that was the case. I think that was yeah. part of it. I think, you know, stacking the deck with actors on the phone, which Premiere says they offer a service that does that, but they would never actually use that on their own programming. Yeah, uh, I'm going to call BS on that because I've, I've heard some of those coast-to-coast callers. Uh, but uh, between that and uh, the, the product endorsement, I know that that didn't sit right with Art. The fact that the show was a big politicized commercial a lot of the times mm-hmm. you know i don't i don't remember art pushing a lot of products i remember pizza punch but that was his <laughs> own product right right but he did i mean he did push some things here and there but it wasn't he I wasn't to, i totally forgot about uh, art's pizza punch he wasn't create listen I, I guess i can go full bore because i haven't been asked back on a coast to coast in a long time and and, uh, and my requests to, to get a shot at guest hosting have gone unanswered. So, you know what? I'll just come out and say it. You would never see art creating dating sites. No. Which is, by the way, is the stupidest thing that I've ever heard of. Well, they have a dating site for everything. Right. You know? But if you're going on, you know, paranormal date and conspiracy date and all these things, like, you deserve to not find anybody <laughs> if you're going to those yeah. sites. Because what that means is that you can't compartmentalize that part of your life enough to actually interact with the rest of the world. You know what? I'm going to bring Chris Balzano into this because I know he's probably uh, sitting there. Oh, I just put him on hold. Hold on. Let me put him back on through. I know he's probably sitting there and and wanting to... It gives me time to uh, find a picture. He's very elusive like, uh, like, yeah, big, Chris like Bigfoot. Doesn't, Chris doesn't take a lot of photos. You there with us, Chris? I am here. How are you guys doing we're, tonight? We're doing spectacular. I thought you might want to be on the line if I'm going to start blasting uh, you know, paranormal date and conspiracy date and those those sites. Yeah, I mean, I've tried to swipe uh, swipe right on uh, on the paranormal dating thing. It just didn't work for me. But I mean, it, you got to say, listen, you got to learn how to be a normal, function human being in society, and part of that means you might want to wait till the third or fourth date to let somebody know that you're into this stuff. <laughs> well, I mean, I, yes, I guess you know, is it, is it any better than Christian Mingle or uh, I Love Farmers? Uh, can, you obviously can tell that. 
you know, I've, I've been divorced for a little bit now. I know all the names of the dating websites, but, uh, yeah, I mean, and it, 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 it does seem somewhat exploitive, exploitive. So I, uh, I, I can, I can definitely say that I am not a fan of that site. I went on it as a joke and, uh, and, and I found it pretty much to be that. Well, you, you, the, I actually, I signed Moniz up for it when it first came out. Any luck? Uh, well, no, he's, he's, uh, I don't think he was that into it. I think he might have gone and scanned through it a few times, but, you know, I was, I, I just kind of felt like he should be on there because why not? Know. Like he's, he's, he's kind of the prototypical person that you'd expect to run across on, on something like that. <laughs> you know, I mean, I guess it's, it's a, it's a good idea, uh, in theory because you automatically you have something to talk about and things like that, but you know, it's, it's, it's really hard to come up with paranormal one-liners. That's true. You know, so. You know, it's. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it's. I feel yeah, like, like you could. Your ghost, huh? what, what's the move, what's the line from Halloween? <laughs> like that's about as good as I can come up with. Yeah, there's there's not a lot of uh, like the social skills that people that are into the in, in the paranormal lack are uh, are not going to be covered up by just using an online dating site. But you right. know what I mean. Like you, you, uh, you know, Art Bell did. He pushed some products, but he was there. Was there was some level? I don't. I don't want to say. There was some level of standards there because I really don't want to trash the product. If the product is working for people, then you know more power to them. But he just was very cautious about what he put his name on, except for when it came to Pizza Punch. I mean, I, and C Crane, C Crane Company, right? But that all in the morning, right? But the C the C Crane Company was. By the way, they get so many calls now; you can call them anytime. <laughs> C Crane had well, started funny, adding twenty four hour. Call them at night just as a joke, and they were they were even. Even though it said call in the morning, they were open all the time. But but that was a product that he believed in. You know, that right. wasn't just and that something. It was a quality product, and and it and you know, more importantly, it fit into um, like you know the, the coming superstorm kind of concept and this preparedness idea that he had. You know, especially towards the later uh, episodes, where you know it was it was a product that he had believed in and actually kind of tied in a little bit with what he was doing. Right. It wasn't some of these like just. Uh uh, just some of the stuff that they promote now, and 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 again, it's 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 hard to really blast them for it. Working in radio and and having to put, you know sometimes promote things that we don't necessarily agree with, but there's also a, a, a line that you need to draw of how far are you willing to go when you're putting your own personal name on a, on a product, when you're putting your own personal, um, you know, when you're ad libbing and you are giving a testimony for something. You know, you you've got to have some you, your 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 name doesn't matter as much on a product if you're putting it on every product, right? Right, and 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 it's it's uh you know do do you think that that Howard Stern really liked Snapple that much back in the day? <laughs> I don't know. Snapple's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, so I can't afford to drink it. I always associated, and I always associated Art Bell with Sea Crane and the um and then the um that um chemical that was supposed to make you feel better that was made out of like shrimp or something. Oh, krill oil or something? Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I can't remember what it was, but I, I remember always those two commercials being on and those being like the spots that he did. Well, my favorite now is Coast to Coast pushes Carnivora. And they're like, President Reagan took Carnivora every day. I'm like, really? He got Alzheimer's. Like, <laughs> I don't know if you should really be using that as your pitch point. <laughs> like, yes, take Carnivora every day and slowly you will get Alzheimer's. Like, it's just really, because I point. pretty much remember towards the later years, Ronald Reagan's favorite phrase was, I don't remember or I don't recall. Right. 
And uh, and just from what I understand, it just makes you crave jelly beans. So there was that aspect too. <laughs> but I wanted to have you on because uh, first of all, I, I feel like uh, you know when when somebody in the paranormal that is uh, of the level of an Art Bell, uh, obviously it's a it's a seismic shift to lose somebody like that. And right. uh, and I and I think that you have a, a great analytical mind and a great approach to that, but also. You know, it's it's people want to hear your thoughts on on the passing of, of somebody of this magnitude as well, and I feel like this is as, as standoffish as art was with a lot of people. I had the chance to uh, to interact with him on on some occasions. Uh, we were trying to get him to come on the show when he first came back on the Dark Matter Radio Network. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I I feel like as standoffish as he may have been. Like he was kind of a an uncle to us, you know. He right. was kind of the guy that uh, gave us advice without even ever realizing that he was talking to us directly. Yeah, I mean, created a roadmap, you know, for for how to do this and how to do it the right way. And if you remember, his rejection uh, of our approach to be on the show were not like some other guests we've tried to get in the past that are just like absolutely not, or we don't take you seriously, or come mm-hmm. on now. It was, I'm not sure what I would have to say to the audience, right? The, the, um, the, in, in, a, in the nicest of way, being like, I do what I do. I, you know, people know what I do. I don't know what I would add to your show to come on. And and I'd like to think that he was showing humility in that um, he maybe didn't fully understand the impact that he had uh, and how he had acted as an uncle to all of these uh, people who came after him, uh, and that he wasn't just being. Uh, you know, coming up with the nicest way possible to diss us. Right. He he had no idea that uh, the years that he had spent sitting in the chair listening to others talk about these topics, that, uh, you know, that anybody would ever want to hear his opinions or his thoughts on them outside of, you know, just what he would give in the course of the conversation. You know, I really wanted to dig into it and be like, hey, listen, nobody has heard more information about these topics than you have. And I want to see, you know, exactly what, belief system that has led you to create and then and then in the later years uh, when i would ask him to come on it, you know it was always just he just didn't have the energy and as we right. find out now you know he, he passed away from copd so it kind of made sense that he would you know be deteriorating over time yeah i mean it's it's um it's one of those things where you, you wanted to pick his brain and you wanted to um to talk to him and you wanted to i guess maybe like keep up with him um but ultimately, like, it's in the work. Like, it, it's all there. It's, 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 you know, whether it's his, his written work or especially the radio show, um, you know, what he was is there. And it, it's crazy because uh, he, I always felt like he was Art Bell and he wasn't, nece- he wasn't reading from a script. He wasn't, I remember one episode when he came back and he seemed to be just spending an hour and a half talking to his cat that was trying to get into the room. <laughs> right. Because that's kind of where he was <laughs> at that point, you know, and, and it was unapologetic and it was um, put out there because like, okay, you know, people, if people are interested um, in me and how I approach things, then this is, this is how I'm going to present it as opposed to coming up with a persona. Yeah, and I feel like at the time that he started talking about these topics – uh, you know, in, in the the early to mid '90s, I think it was '95 is when he started. You know, with the coast to coast approach. Uh, so at that time, I think a lot of people that would come on 
talking about these topics would tiptoe around them and, and slowly try to introduce them to the audience. And, and Art didn't do that. You know, he just jumped right in and the weirder the better. And he had no issue with if people were going to turn off the show because they thought that it was too far out there. That didn't bother him because he knew that for every person that turned off the radio talking about these topics, there's probably five or six more that were going to turn it on for the first time, knowing that that right. was what was going to be discussed. And I just remember, you know, just the way that he would uh, operate the show, having no call screener, you know, just never like he wanted that level of excitement. He wanted that level of anything can happen. And I just feel like. That is so – like, obviously, we have that approach here because, like, they they wouldn't give us a call screener to do the show anyway. <laughs> it's 10 o'clock at night. You'd have to pay somebody overtime. So right. I, I just feel yeah. like, you know, that fly by the seat of your pants stuff is just been washed out of corporate radio. I remember doing research once, and I don't know whether this was for old parallelations or was something else. It seems to me it had to have been before then um, for some reason, and I came across the stat that – the average caller time was over 11 minutes. And so anyone who listens to radio or someone who is not being interviewed, um, 11 minutes is a really long time. Yeah, that's crazy. You don't know who they are on the air. Yeah, we, I would get fired if I let somebody talk for 11 minutes. <laughs> right. And this was you know, a national show, and he was having people on for over 11 minutes when they just randomly called. You know, and it and it... My first, my very first memory, which kind of fits in with my first memory of, of Art Bell, uh, I remember my father had said, um, you need to listen to this guy. And I was like, well, I don't know who, who this is. And he said, oh, you'd be into it, you know, with that weird stuff you're into. And, and how he sold it to me was, oh, yeah, this is the guy who was obsessed with the comet, and so all those people killed themselves. And I was like, what? And he explained to me the whole Heaven's Gate thing and how... They had been listening to Art Bell, and they had heard that there was there was some kind of you know mechanical things uh, in the in the tail of the comet, and it fitted with their beliefs. And so that's how I was introduced to it. He's like, "Go listen to it." So I was like, "That's not very convincing, but I'm going to listen." And I remember the first one. Uh, I remember it so. I was in my apartment in Brighton, and um, I must have just graduated from college, and it was an episode where he was interviewing. I want to say a mayoral candidate to some place in Arizona. And the woman said that part of her platform for running for mayor was, of, of this, whatever this town was, was that she was going to fully investigate the UFO sightings that had been reported. And my mouth was already kind of on the floor of like, wait a minute, that's a public official? They're talking about aliens? Right. And then what really cinched it for me was, or clinched it for me was, there was a click on the line, and the woman went, oh, there was a click. And Art immediately said, oh, yeah, that's, that's, they're bugging your phone. Just so you know, they're bugging your phone. And I was like, who is this guy? Which, by the and way. I was completely drawn in by that. If I heard, and, and, and no offense to, to anybody today, but if I heard George Norrie or, or Jimmy Church or Clyde Lewis or any of those guys say that today, if, if they ha I'd be like, they just made that click happen so they could say that. Right. But, and, and that's not a, any offense to them. That's just, you know, the, the, the nature that we have of the skepticism that we have today. But when Art was doing that kind of stuff, you know, he, he had no reason to do that. There was no reason to throw in extra little tricks because he was the only one talking about these topics. Right. So when something like that happened, I took it at face value with him. 
Yeah, and, and it was, but it was just, a, it was also the mere fact that he would suggest that. Like, that that's what he went to. It wasn't a mechanical problem. It was like, I'm like, this is someone who is in line with the conspiracy, the craziness that I am into. Mm-hmm. And, and and especially some of those episodes, like, around that time, when you were, uh, this, so this would have been 97, 98, 99, they were blowing me away. I mean, I was, I was working, you know, eventually I was, I was working later in the, in the afternoon. And so I had my morning. So I would stay up at night and write and research and, and listen. And there's so many of the ideas that were developed in my head and so many of the approaches that were solidified in, in those time periods. And, and that was a time too when you were like, say you had an experience, you know, you would never think to call in and share it with art on the radio for fear that somebody that you knew might have been listening. But yet night after night, he would stack the phone lines up with people who wanted to call in and, and share those experiences and, you know, giving truckers a voice uh, mm-hmm. to, to share the some of their head. stories and, and things like, you know, it just... I think that part of the reason we like to say that when you know ghost hunters came out and the paranormal media took off, that's what made people feel more comfortable about talking about these things. But I think Art Bell made people comfortable with having these conversations because you could go into work the next day and say, "Oh, you know, I got up early and I was listening to this radio show and they were talking about alien abductions and isn't that just the craziest thing you ever heard?" And then your coworker might say, "Well, it's not that crazy." And so it was a really right. It was a good way for people to kind of bond over these topics. Yeah, and you know, I think it. I don't know if this is true, but it was a it was a bonding experience between my dad and I because it was a generational thing. Because he was on at a time that you know, insomniac older generation people who were used to listen to the radio were listening, um, and people who were hip like me, <laughs> hip and young, and and into this stuff and and into. You know, people would just say, well, what is it? I'm like, I, it's X-Files Radio, I guess you could call it. We were listening to it. And so it was almost like a generational thing where I could actually have conversations with my dad about things having to do with the paranormal because we had both heard it on Coast to Coast. And I know that one of the, uh, you know, one of the things about Art Bell was his... <sighs> I mean, it's hard. He had a very rich, distinctive voice, but we know why he had a rich, distinctive voice. It's because he smoked like crazy. And, you know, part of the way that that show was built was built so that he could have cigarette breaks. And and from what I understand, a big part of the reason why he stopped doing the show at the radio station and built the studio in his home is because you were no longer allowed to smoke in the radio station and he could have as many cigarettes as he wanted at home. And I understand, but it was almost like. You can picture the guy sitting there in the dark, just chain smoking throughout the show and and asking these questions and really feeling like it was, you know, a a very outside pirate thing that you shouldn't be listening to, even though it was being broadcast across more stations around the world than any other show. Yeah, and that was the crazy thing is that it kept that feel for so long, that pirate radio feel. And Mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah, you're right. When he would do that laugh. Uh, when something genuinely hit him, right, and you would just you would you would almost hear the smoke in the voice, right. He barely just barely would uh, pot the mic down in time to go into the coughing fit that inevitably would follow. Uh, <laughs> right. But it was, it, but yeah, you just felt and 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 that's how he did the show, and he made no bones about it. He would say, you know, I turn all the lights off. He would have a little like lamp. A desk lamp or whatever, so he could read whatever copy he had to read or, or whatever notes that he had. 
And it, that's how he would do the show. You know, he would do the show the same way people were sitting in their bedrooms with the covers pulled up listening to the show. And it gave it a sense of genuineness and it gave it a sense of, you know, it was not some slickly produced production. And it certainly didn't feel like it was the number one radio show in the world. Now, whether it's like talking with him uh, during the Dark Matters days or, or just whether you've heard anything, like what did he think of Paranormal Radio today? Do, do we know that? Did he know how he thought? We obviously know how he felt about, uh, uh, about where Coast to Coast had gone, but how did he feel about you know like the, the, the blog talks and the, the things like that? Like, from, had he ever spoken out about that? From, my, from what I could gather, I, I don't think that he paid any attention to it. You know, he was he was a radio guy, a terrestrial radio guy, and that's you know where he saw himself, and that's where he paid attention. I don't think he worried so much about uh, this other stuff. And and if you told him, you know, he was the inspiration for it, I'm sure he would say, "Hey, that's nice." But I I don't think that he really considered that the future until the time came uh, when when they decided to launch Dark Matter as a digital version when the when the satellite deal kind of fell through. And it's 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 hard because I don't want to be critical, but I have a lot of questions about the way things went down. I have a lot of questions about the decision to come back on on Sirius XM and how quickly that fall, fell apart. And I have questions in the pit of my stomach about the whole dark matter thing and, and coming back and all that. And I don't want to disparage him because it's it's great being part of the Dark Matter Radio Network. It's an honor that Art Bell felt like this show was worthy enough of being associated with his name. But I just I feel like, and I I don't think I'm really insulting him by saying this or insulting anybody else. I just feel like his heart wasn't in it as much because yeah. it wasn't cracking a mic on terrestrial radio and hoping that is the just hoping that the airwaves carried out around the country. It's different when you know that anybody in the country can or anybody around the world can turn you on at any given moment with the internet or with satellite radio or what have you. But it 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 loses some of the luster and, and some of the fun of just wondering who is going to find you by accident, you know, who right. is going to just just turn their antenna the wrong way one night trying to pick up another station and get you instead. I think a lot of that magic was gone for him, and I think that that's kind of why he didn't have the same uh, vigor to do the shows in later years that he might have had before. That's just my speculation. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, it, the more that I think about you know that question, it, it's it's. It almost seems much more like he was a, a radio host than um, he was necessarily tied down to caring about the progress of the field, you know, and like what was going on in the paranormal field. Because he would have no problem bringing in guests that had nothing to do with the paranormal and sitting down with Crystal Gale for two hours. Right. And he was you know? he was somebody who uh, who he was a master interviewer. Like it doesn't matter who you put in front of him, and that's why he had callers on for so long because he would turn the call into an interview. He could. Right. He could get a story out of somebody that never thought that they had a story to tell. Yeah, and you know the, the funny thing is, is that you would, you as a listener, would tell in the first ten seconds that this guy was a crack, mm -hmm. and very rarely, within the first five minutes, was a caller considered that, uh, unless they said something really offensive. And so all of a sudden, it was by putting uh, the weight of like this is a genuine call and so telling me a genuine story onto those callers, like he got to the heart of the story. And maybe you didn't agree with it. Maybe you didn't uh, believe what the person was saying, but you were hearing a story 
And at the end of it, you could at least say, like, all right, well, now I can really think about that as opposed to, like, you know, the old uh, uh, Jerry Williams shut up and, and hang up on him. Well, Can I make a Jerry Williams uh, yes. reference? Or are people who aren't from Massachusetts going to get that? No, I think everybody has a Jerry Williams somewhere. Okay. Uh, but but that's the that's the other thing, too, is, like, that's one of the ways that he kind of shaped me as a, as a host was, you know, listening and, and trying to hear where it, it, it's not so much about, uh, I'm trying not to, I'm trying not to give away too much because I really don't want to get myself in trouble here, but it's, it's not like George yeah. where when you're going to be a guest with George, you have to submit a list of questions. Right. And George doesn't deviate from that list. There, I said it. I'm probably going to get in trouble now. But when you get No, him, I don't think so. I mean, I think that that's a, that's a known thing, you know, and I know, and but it's not fact, it's 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 one thing if uh, you know, a guest says it, it's another thing if another host is attacking him for it, but it's that's just maybe that's just the nature of the position. You know, you're interviewing, you know, 20 people a week, that's what you have to do. But Right. It was it never felt that way with art. Art was listening to everything that you were saying, and he was crafting the next question in a way where the conversation would continue and maybe go down a different way than was originally planned. But it was he was taking what you had to offer, finding the substance, and finding where the audience should should want to have that logically go next. Yeah, and I think that that's a. I don't, I'm not sure if that's an unreasonable thing in the biz when you're doing a daily show. Um, because you and I both know that we've had people who in the past have submitted lists of questions that they want us to ask or, oh, here are things that people commonly ask. And they give, they give, uh, you a list of things to, to ask. And I always tell the people like, oh, no, like Tim doesn't work that way. Is that okay? Like he's not going to, um, he's not going to play that way because, you know, he, he, he likes the flow. He likes it. So you can tell that like, that's partly inspired by art, you know, and, and, and we've actually once or twice not had a guest on because we wouldn't agree to go over this list of questions. So yeah. I don't know whether you can say that uh, that the current incarnation of Coast to Coast kind of created that model um, and people are comfortable with it. You know, some people are very comfortable with it or whether they're just kind of like doing what the industry standard is. But, um, but yeah, I think that you and you can tell Spooky South Coast is not modeled after that kind of thing, but rather that that flow in that conversation because that guest is going to appear um, on many, many radio shows, right? They're going to do the whole stream of them. They're going to appear on as many as they can, right. terrestrial ones, podcast ones, and they're going to say the, the same thing all the time uh, if, they're, if they're responding to those questions. But the, the way that Art had of bringing up something that you would never even think to ask them if you were an interviewer was what part of what made that show so amazing. And and I do think that, you know, the the coast to coast model shapes a lot of what you know, the current coast to coast model is shaping a lot of what goes on in radio talk of the genre because people listen to that show and they dream of being on that show and hosting right. that show and so they model themselves in that fashion and I think that that has influenced other shows because even if there's people that don't listen to coast to coast they listen to these other shows that are influenced by it and i just i never wanted to be that you know i wanted to be turn off the lights and sit in the dark and talk you know that's that's what i find is the interesting part about this is that you're talking about stuff that 
wouldn't be on polished radio. So there's no reason to make it polished radio. And right. I, I feel like that makes it the, – the more real and laid back you can make the show feel, the more accepting people might be of the, the topics that are being brought up on it. And I think that's what Art's approach was. You know, I just – I want to be as relatable as I can so that the audience feels like – you know, I never felt like I was talked down to listening to an Art Bell show. I never felt like I was uh, being lectured to. I, I, I always felt like Art went into it assuming that – me, the listener, had the same level of knowledge that he had on a topic, and he didn't waste a lot of time, maybe a minute or two at the beginning of, a, of an interview, but he didn't waste a lot of time rehashing concepts. You had to keep right. up with Art Bell, and you had to listen to every show to be able to always know what they were talking about, but yet you could also just tune in for the first time and become completely enraptured. It was just magic, and it's, it's something that I don't think can happen uh, anymore in radio. Yeah, and it's one of those things where how many times uh, on his show, and, and I'm going to also say on, on, on Spooky South Coast, you hear the guests say, wow, that's a really good question, um, and have genuinely mean it. You know, and that, and that was part of it. And, yeah, I think I think there was something also to, you know, obviously you have the Coast to Coast Insider, but you felt, even if you didn't, like, overpay for the magazine, that you were an insider, like that you almost kind of knew um, – you were you were part of a special group. You were spar- part of people who listened. So when he had something on, or when he was talking about something, or he was talking about a controversy that arose between guests, um, you knew um, you knew because you had heard the episode. You know, you kind of felt like you were in on it, as, as if it were almost like a like a serial, almost like a you know a TV drama that you watch from week to week. So you kind of know the the ins and outs of the of the people. I, I remember the the famous. Um, backwards speech person oh, who yeah. had uh, analyzed Ed Dane stuff. And do you remember, do you remember what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Or yep. yes, can you, yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, I remember. Yeah. yeah, you got me. Yes. Oh, okay. Do you remember what I'm talking about? Yes, I do. Okay. I, I mean, how you, it's like one of the big, like, controversial things that I always remember about that. And how I had, like, I knew, I remember, I heard all the times, I had heard the camaraderie between him and the Danes, I heard the camaraderie between him and the backwards uh, speech guy, I, I remember the episode where they were doing it, and I was like, you know, you felt like you were part of a group, part of, like, a culture. And you were there for some of those moments when things happened that weren't planned or, or weren't expected, you know, for example, getting phone calls out of the blue from somebody like Bugs. The guy who shot and killed Bigfoot in his backyard, multiple Bigfoot, and buried them in his backyard. Uh, or, you know, John Teeter, like hearing a guy calling and say, you know, listen, I, I got to tell you my story. I'm a, I'm a time traveler from the future. And the fact right. that, you know, John Teeter, supposedly, if it's the real John Teeter, you know, is now a spooky South Coast follower and listener. You know, like, it's just weird to me that, uh, that you know, these accidental moments – of Art Bell's time in radio have now become like the John Teeter story is something that there are entire podcasts dedicated to whether or not that story is true and, and, and tracking down all the, the proof that it is or it isn't. And, you know, these, these little one-off things that any other host would have said that was a weird call and hung up the phone or tried to get somebody off the air and said, you know, you're just, you're talking crazy. Let's move on to the next call. And right. Art Bell turned those into, you know, modern day urban legends. Yeah, and I think and I think um, the theme shows were like that, and the theme shows never seemed contrived. It seemed like 
wow, like he got an inspiration at 5 o'clock in the afternoon to do, you know what, we're going to have one um, episode tonight that's going to be, all I want to do is I want to hear from people who have regular conversations with their dogs, and mm-hmm. they know that they, their dogs read their minds. Go. And but it was and, also a, a tribute to the fact that you know you can do a, you can do a show like that if you have a large enough audience. You can say, "I know I can sit down and I can come up with the craziest topic, but there's ten million people listening to me, so I know I will get at least the the hundred phone calls I need to make it through the show." And you can throw a weird topic out there like that, but because of the way that he ran that show and the way that he treated the listeners, and especially the way he treated the callers, he knew he could do that show and get. 100 quality calls in the course of four hours, right. which, you know, yeah, and, and, and it was, you know, um, and so much of that when it was predictable, like, like ghost to ghost was almost, um, I remember one Halloween, it wasn't on mm-hmm. and I was literally sitting by the radio being like, wait a minute, wait, listen, I would listen to that music and then I was waiting for him and it was, I think a repeat. And maybe this was like 99. I just moved back to Boston. And I was like, wait a minute. What? 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 what, what? I, I, I surrounded my whole week. I, re- I did re- redid my work schedule so I could have off <laughs> the next right. day so I could listen to this. And, uh, and those moments were um, event radio well, and, in, in a medium that doesn't have events. And, and by the way, how, uh, how much of it is a tribute to how the Ghost to Ghost show is handled every year? When you look at it and say, as we became paranormal investigators and researchers, and as we set, spent our lives listening to people tell us their ghost stories, and we kind of, listen, I'm not trying to say that we don't want to hear people's stories, but when you come and you tell us things, a lot of the times you're telling us stuff that we've heard dozens right. of times. You know, when you're telling us this happens, this happens, and I know that it's for the person that's telling it, it's, it's life-altering, and I try to be respectful and, and remember that fact. But in the end, the experiences themselves become very commonplace for us. Yet we would still tune into Ghost to Ghost every year to hear people have these same stories to tell that, you know, we might have a, a crazier or scarier story to share on our own, but just hearing people tell those stories, even if we've heard them a hundred times already, there was something about that format that just made it always seem so fresh and, and interesting. Yeah, and, and, I, and it, it, it felt like a campfire <laughs> because... While some of the the stories were so familiar, like in terms of like we had heard those things before, or we you know, they were they were there were some kind of motif that was like, yep, I know how this is going to end. Um, the the fact that it had that campfire feel, like he was getting these, like when you just kind of open up, uh, you know, at, at a sleepover when you were younger, or at a uh, you know out of camp, and like, okay, does anyone have any ghost stories? Or someone would tell a ghost story, which would spark someone else to tell, it, and had that feel to it, and he kept that. Uh, that feeling alive for doing it for years. And it was, it was just, it was like it was a way to allow the listener to feel like at least for one night of the year, it was completely their show. Right. And, and I know that, you know, that was kind of always the, the formula is, you know, it's, you know, callers call in and wherever you want to take it. But for that one night, you really just felt like art was there. You know, like I say, when I'm here, I'm just here to press the buttons. And, and you feel like with that show, it was just a night for art to sit back and press the buttons, let everybody get these stories off their chest and, and let other people kind of hear them and, and absorb them and think about their own experiences. And the fact that 
the most popular and most listened to. And the night of the year, out of any night that people would seek out that show, he had no problem stepping out of the spotlight. <laughs> right. Excellent point. Excellent point. Like, you know, because it was about the content, not necessarily the man. Mm-hmm. And and that's where I try to take my – and we fought about this. You know, you and I have fought about this when you've said, no, you need to make the show more about your personality. And, and that's why people tune into the show. But it's because of that Art Bell mentality of, you know, I'm I'm basically the moderator for whatever weirdness is going to happen on the radio. And that's kind of the way that I, I looked at things. I, I never wanted to be – I never wanted you to go to the website and, and see my face at the top of the page, <clears throat> George. <laughs> Yeah, I like to think that, you know, if Art had still been on, I probably wouldn't have been cut off and uh, and hung up on. But who knows? I, I feel, too, like we've done a good job of that same uh, that same art mentality of of having a, a, a family, of having a, a group of people that we know that we can go to for certain topics and, right. and certain people that people just want us to check in with from time to time and see how they're doing and, and, and have it matter that it's not just, uh, we ju- we're just trying to get through an episode with, uh, you know, we'll talk about this this time and then we'll talk about this. Oh, I can't have this person on. We already had them on. You know, like we've never taken that approach to things. We've, we've wanted to kind of build up, uh, a community and that's the same thing that he did you know he he a lot of these folks now that are considered these cornerstones of of different topics are cornerstones because art gave them repeated airtime to to become those cornerstones you know if i'm not mistaken and and, and if he wasn't there then, then it was it might have been ian that was there um or, or maybe even hilly who was there I, i'm just going to refer to them by their first names because yeah, i'm not cool yeah. um but you know, we we just yesterday celebrated like an, another anniversary of Columbine, and I remember when it happened. I wanted to know what he thought about it. You know, it was a very impactful day in my life, and I, I had been watching the TV all day. You know, I was watching it in real time uh, towards the end of the event, and then I went to work and I had I had on CNN the whole time, uh, and then I came home and I wanted to know um, what Coast to Coast thought about it, and. I think that's what you're talking about with his with with his his troop of regulars was I wanted to know what their opinion of this uh event that had happened or this topic that that happened or or what was going on and and it made me feel as if I had a uh, a chorus of people to turn to to get perspectives on the paranormal. Mhm. You, you know you mentioned Hilly Rose and I had talked earlier about Long John Nebel being one of the uh, innovators of talking about this. But Hilly was another one that was talking about this stuff before there was a Coast to Coast AM, before there was Art Bell, uh, you know, hitting a nationwide audience every night. And, and he was somebody that kind of got folded right into the, to the Coast to Coast family. And he was somebody who I think if you asked him as much as, you know, he felt that he was a pioneer in that, he also would feel that Art was the master. Yeah, yeah, and and I remember I remember hearing interviews with him post his coast to coast stint, where he gladly like he talked about gladly stepping aside, uh, and 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 that he was he was only there to to watch the ship for a bit, you know, and 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 he passed away what four months ago, um, and didn't get anywhere near the the, the trumpet sounds that that Art did, 
Um, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, those were you know, they, the, and I think probably the, it was the same way for for Art to Hilly, like that that it was very there was a mutual respect there, but it was you know like, and, and this comes not only from an old school, but I think it's a, I think it's a a radio type thing of back in the day of like giving um, giving credit where credit is due and that like understanding the the people who came before you. Yeah, and that's something that I think is is lost too. It's like everybody. Nobody wants to. Everybody wants to be the next somebody without ever sounding like they are the next somebody. You know, it, right? It's, and and I think that that's a lot of what goes on. Like you hear some of these knockoff shows of Coast to Coast that pop up on, you know, different stations where they're basically just trying to do their own version, and in the end, it's literally just a knockoff. Like, you know, I I've, I've listened from time to time to, to Ground Zero Radio, and to me, it just sounds like it's Coast to Coast. Right, you know, and, and and which is fine. Like it's you're still a different host with a different set of opinions and a different set of questions that you would ask it. But the format, the 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 structure of it, you know, it's if they all sound the same, then it's it just sounds like an extension of all one thing, and there's not enough differentiation to make it interesting. It just becomes white noise, right? And yeah, and I, to listen to. And I felt you know when you had uh, Hilly there, when you had Ian Punnett there. When you had art, even on the weekends, you know, you always had a, a different voice, and now it's to the point where they're different voices. But like uh, a lot of them are voices I don't even take into account who it is when I hear them talk. I'm like, oh, whatever. Like you know, they they do a good job, but they're just so vanilla in the right. presentation of the topic. And um, good for all time zones. Yes, and I I want somebody who is going to have a a a take on it, even if they're not pushing their take, I still want them to to listen to what's happening and and, and have some sort of uh, way to go with it. Doesn't mean that you have to take over the discussion and, and not allow the the guests to have their say, but you should have um, you should be reacting to what it is that you're hearing. And I, I don't hear enough reaction to things anymore. Yeah, I mean, I I remember when you know I used to do a lot. Um, uh, what's the guy of Canada, uh, McConnell? Yes, Rob Rob McConnell. Rob McCauley, thank you. And I would listen to it, and, and I would say, you know, Rob, Rob like, you know, because we knew him fairly well back in the day. So, like, are you listening? You know, and you're not challenging. I would totally challenge that. Like, Art would have challenged that. Like, challenge that. And I remember we had a guest, and we had scheduled a guest, and he tore the guy apart. Do you, do you remember what I'm talking about? No, the Rob tore apart a guest that we had scheduled? Yeah, it was that that kid that was running a, a conference out of Pennsylvania. It was like a twenty-year-old kid that, that we represented. Oh, and we had power relations. Yeah, the, the yeah. one that was uh, the one that was a reverend that turned out not to be. Yeah, yeah, and, and which led to me becoming that, a reverend. <laughs> he was on that show. What was his name? I forget his name, but that's what led to me becoming a universal life minister. <laughs> because he was representing himself as a reverend, and we, we just took it at face value that if he was calling himself, that he must be. And I didn't right. know that the Universal Life Church was bogus. So uh, we had created all the promotional materials for him. And then when we started to catch a whiff, like, wait a minute, this guy might not be all he's cracked up to be. And I looked up the Universal Life Church, and I saw, enter your name here and get a you know get get indoctrinated in, in the church. And so I did, and I printed out the whole certificate. Now they charge you like 25 bucks to get a kit. But back then, you could just type in your name and they'd print it out. So yeah, if anybody wants to get married, um, I can perform the ceremony. Uh, it's it's only civil; it doesn't count legally. Uh, but I can oh, okay. uh, I can still perform the ceremony. 
Um, yeah, and we ended up finding out he was like 12 years old or something like that. Like, that's hyperbole, but, and I remember, but I remember Rob, like, totally tearing him apart. And I was like, this is the best episode of this show I've ever seen. Not because he was tearing someone apart, but because it was like, you are, he was genuinely engaged in what the, the guest was saying to the point that he was noticing the contradictions. And sometimes when I listen to, um, cause I listen to a lot of podcasts now. Um, so I'm just trying to absorb everything I can that's out there and like hear different perspectives. And the ones that have guests, I'm always like, why didn't you follow up? Why didn't you ask them this? Like, why are you not doing this? Like, it seems like you two are partners as opposed to, um, as opposed to having a genuine conversation. Well, I, I think that there's a, a difference in the way that hosts approach hosting a show. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a journalist, so, I want to keep myself out of the story. I think people who come into this as solely radio talk show hosts that don't have that journalism background uh, have a tendency to kind of insert themselves into the conversation. Mm. And and I think that there are some people who are doing it just because they want to be famous. And, and it works for some people. You know, Howard Stern wanted to be somebody. And so Howard Stern put himself out there to become somebody. And that worked for him. It doesn't always work for everybody. And so that's where a lot of these shows falter is because if you want to be somebody, then you shouldn't be presenting topics that people are going to want to uh, hear come from the source and not from you. Like if you want right. to be a star, come on the radio and host a paranormal talk show in which you just talk about the topics. But the minute you bring somebody on that's supposed to be more knowledgeable than you, you should be deferential to them and – to some degree, and and you can still question and still challenge, but you also you know you can't talk over them and, and argue with them. You have to let them have their say, because otherwise, why did you bring them on in the first place? And right. you never really heard Art ever belittle a guest. You you could hear him say, "Now wait a minute, I'm not buying that, and I'm not going to let you come on the radio and say that." But he would never, you know, belittle somebody and and tear them apart and make them think that they were less than just because he was the guy that could hang up the phone on them at any given time. Yeah, and that's a skill. You know, like that's a that's a that's both a a testament to like your will to not just like to have that power and just be like, oh that's done. Um but then not to lower it to a to a a pissing contest, but rather have it be like, all right, wait a minute. That doesn't make sense. Go back to this for a second. Come on now. Um and then to kind of take a step back and be like, all right, I've, I've called you out on that or I've put that out there. What do you have to say that, about that as opposed to, and then that ends the conversation and you get hung up on. Mm-hmm. There's, I mean, you know, on, from all the episodes of this show that you've been involved with and uh, there's, you know, the, it's going to take a lot for us to hang up on you. And, <laughs> and I still think if I'm thinking back, have I ever hung up? I think I've hung up on one person. Like, you know, obviously not, uh, you know, a prank call is a different story. But right. I think in terms of a guest, I think the only person I ever hung up on, I'm trying to think. I know that there's one, but I can't think of who it is. It wasn't the uh, the Starfighter? You let her you let her have her whole say, right? Uh, Commander Sani Sito? Yeah. Yeah, no, she hung up on us. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, and then the Hockamock Swamp guy, the guy that wrote the book about the Hockamock Swamp that just knew nothing about the Hockamock Swamp. He hung up on us and then tried to pretend like he didn't. Right. But I don't – I know that I've hung up on one person. I just can't think of who it is. There was one person where I said, yeah, that's that's enough. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's um, it has to be. I think by the nature of the topic, it has to be something that is a back and forth. It has to be something that is, um, you know, and 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 you and I experience this all the time when we're talking about something, and it's something that we have thought about in our heads, and we've maybe said it in our heads a thousand times, maybe even polished how we're going to say it, and then we say it, and someone exposes some kind of crack in it, right? Like a good researcher and a good thinker and a good storyteller or a good researcher, however you want to say it, steps back and looks at that crack and be like, okay, well, I haven't thought about that. Let me think about that for a second. Okay, well, I don't know. I would have to follow up or maybe you have a response to it. Um, but you have to kind of almost embrace those moments where you're not making sense or where there's a, some kind of uh, conflict with what you're saying. or And... I think that's a really difficult thing for people today to do, and I think that art did a really good job of of maybe forcing people to take a step back and look at that thing for a moment. And sometimes they could come up with uh, with with what it meant or a retort, and sometimes they they couldn't. And and then it was like, all right, we'll move on. And if it was a new call, I was like, well, okay, well, we're going to get another, someone else on the line now. Thank you for calling. And and you know that was that was that was both training for. For, for me as a to understand how to communicate with people and how to do this kind of stuff, but it was also damn entertaining. Well, I, I, see, I also have the benefit of having one uh, special thing that Art Bell never had uh, in all of his years of doing Coast to Coast and, and other radio shows. I have Matt Costa by my side. And, uh, <laughs> and, and Matt actually remembered who the one person is that I hang, I hung up on. Uh, so, so, Matt, I'll, I'll let you... Remind everybody. I, I, I don't remember his real name. Uh, uh, looking up, Richard, the, Richard uh, Brown, I believe Jesus, it was. Yeah, the guy yeah. who said he was Jesus. Yeah, that was it. I, I feel like you, you did, but I, I'm did. Not, I can't remember. That's who it was. Of all the people that I've ever hung up on, I hung up on Jesus Christ. Right. <laughs> you mean the one from a year, about a year ago? Yes. yes. Okay. Now yeah, but, but uh, you've given the guy like three hours, it's okay to hang up on him. I didn't give him three hours. <laughs> I, gave him, I, I gave him a good, you know, 45 minutes... Uh, uh, you know, uh, he he had his time. He had plenty to say, but then he just started to get way too out there. And uh, so, of all the people that I could ever hang up on, leave it to me to hang up on Jesus Christ. You hung up on Jesus. But then again, it wasn't the original Jesus that I really wanted to get. Remember the first Jesus that I wanted to book on the show? I think so. Yeah, there was there was a guy who hosts a radio show out of I want to say maybe Chicago or Detroit area. Uh, he hosts a radio show where. He's a pastor, and he pretends to be Jesus on the radio, and he tries to answer callers' questions as how he feels Jesus would answer the questions, and he makes no bones about the fact that he's just portraying Jesus, right. uh, which I think is actually, uh, you know, I've, I think religion frowns upon pretending to be Jesus, but I don't, I don't know, uh, I'm not religious, so, but, uh, you know, we wanted to get that guy on, and, uh, right. and, and he just said, you know, uh, I've... I've I feel like my shtick kind of works in the way that I'm doing it, but I don't know if it would work so well if I tried to carry it on to another show. So, you know, he he was polite about it, but he declined, and I, and I fully understand. But then this other guy said, hey, I'm the reincarnated Jesus. And I said, well, you're coming on on the show right before Christmas because anybody that's willing to email me and say, I'm Jesus, I'm like, I am going to give you radio time, which is probably yeah, not the smartest. Too. He emailed he was, a few times. He was. But uh, I feel like it might know, have been three times before the croak, uh, croak hod. 
there's there's also the uh the other story too. I wonder if Art Bell ever uh had to deal with uh, our other friend there. The one who asks to come on under his different personas and then trashes the show. Oh yeah. Yeah. The the Satanist? Yeah. I wonder if he ever yeah. had any dealings or, with, at, with some time, he, at one point he was a Satanist and then he was Well, cuz I know. remember he was on Coast to Coast cuz that's how we had him on the first time is we we caught him on Coast to Coast. And we both said, "Hey, we should book that guy for the show." Speaking of and which, he, yeah, I remember that because I had a whole write up and I called him like, you know, like a, uh, uh, like, you know, some kind of like wild card in the paranormal because he was, and he was really offended by that. And we're like, damn it, like I would have been complimented. And then, no, he you know, was, it, he's just, a, that he was really kind of just setting us up. He's just a weird dick. Like, don't, yeah, don't get worked up about that. Uh, but Matt, now that I think about it, uh, Frank, the engineer here. Yes, I uh, was telling me uh, WJFD, uh, the the Portuguese station here in New Bedford. Right. Uh, there's a guy who advertises on that station, who is an exorcist. Really? He like advertises like he can do like spiritual cleansings and exorcisms and stuff. So we got to get that guy. Right. We like he's local. We have to have him come on the show. Right. I can't That's believe I'm just finding out about this. That's amazing. Yeah. So I gotta. The problem is, is I can't listen to the station and hear the ad because I don't speak Portuguese. Right. Hopefully he speaks a little bit of English. No, he speaks perfect English. Okay. Frank, Frank says he talks to him all the time. I was like, you got to tell him about me. I would love to hear an exorcism performed in Portuguese. That's, that's just because it would just sound like... Right. Like... More uh, authentic. I don't know. More authentic. It would, it would sound like every time I go to the supermarket and somebody's yelling at me to get out of the way. I'm like, I'm sorry. I don't know what you're saying. I don't speak Portuguese. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So we're going to try and, and find out who this guy is and, and book him for the show. But... Uh, and that's something Art Bell would do, you know? Like, he would he would hear something like that and say, sounds like a show to me, as opposed to other people would be like, well, we have to call him and talk to him, find out his backstory, find out if he's worth putting on the air. Nope, Spooky South Coast, we're like, we'll just give him radio time, see what happens. That's the, that's the beauty of what we do. So, And it's, it, works, it works for him, it works for you guys. You know, like that, that idea of, you know, if you, <laughs> you know, I... I you know, I'm a huge fan of Kevin Smith, and, and he always talks about how he would he he says stuff, and when he's not talking to people who are into what he's into, and he says something ridiculous like Superman would never do that or Batman would, and they say they, he wouldn't do anything because he doesn't exist. Right. You know, we're in such a field that uh, that regardless of of the numbers for some of the TV shows, is still pretty fringe where we are, and. Um, to discount anything in that uh, off the bat, I think this is is pretty dangerous. You know, not dangerous, dangerous, but you know what I'm saying. Like, I, I think that we have to uh, we have to accept the idea that, like, you know, well, I think this thing, and most people think that that's crazy. <laughs> like, I believe I, you know, I, how what am I supposed to say about someone who believes in aliens? Because I believe in buck wedgies. So. What are you going to do? Right. There is. I mean, it's hard to. And that's but that's one of the things that I think was the case. I mean, if you ask Moniz uh, about, you know, his his time in the late 80s, early 90s working in the paranormal field, you know, the ghost researchers didn't get along with the UFO researchers and the UFO right. researchers didn't get along with the cryptid researchers. But I think, you know, Art Bell was one of the people that helped bring them all together because they would tune into his show no matter what the topic was and, and they would listen and they would maybe glean a little bit from it and say, uh, you know, I can kind of see that point and I can kind of see that. And so we like to say, oh, you know, now that the paranormal has become more mainstream, a lot of that stuff has crossed over more. But I think it was Art that started to do a lot of that because he would have, you know, first hour, 
a Bigfoot researcher, second hour, a UFO, like he thought nothing of blurring those lines and, and considering it all under one weird umbrella. Yeah, and, and the, the way he would have, like we were talking about earlier, the regulars come on, and it was presented as if you were listening to the news. Mm-hmm. And so it gave this this air of authority of like, you know, I'm not really sure who this person is, but they're on like every fifth show or every third show, and they're broadcasting from the field, from wherever they are. They're not in the studio. And it gave it this air of like, and now here's a breaking report about something in, in, in the world of cryptozoology, and it, it made it feel real. And you know, that was something that I already thought was real. It made it feel like it was being given some weight. That was the advantage of being on every night of the week, too, is that you had the chance to go to those stories when they were fresh. You didn't have to wait a week. Like, you know, we have to wait a week sometimes to cover things. And, and a lot of, listen, I make no bones about it. You know, my ultimate dream would be to be doing this in the Art Bell time slot every night. And, uh, and I've said for years I could take what we do here and, and adapt it to a national audience. And I could go toe to toe with every other show that's out there. And I, I could take you know, coast to coast would eat my dust. And I, I firmly believe that because I would follow that same approach and that same idea. And that's not tooting my own horn. That's just knowing that there's an audience out there for it that would just help carry that show. And that's what Art knew himself. He knew that that audience would carry that show if he could just bring them those topics and find whatever was weird in the world, whether it be something that happened that day or something that somebody had been researching for years. If he brought that to the audience, the audience would respond. And I think that we're losing a lot of that now because so much of paranormal talk radio has become about the person behind the microphone espousing. Right. And and the audience is becoming less and less. And part of that is because there's so much of it. But the audience is also becoming very fragmented uh, and very silent. You know, we have, you know, 50, 60 people that listen to the show in the chat room. We have hundreds of people that are listening to this show right now locally. Thousands of people that are listening to it around the world live as it happens. And I say 508-996-0500 and the phone line doesn't ring. And and I, I, I know that a big part of that is because that the talk about this has become it's there's less of a burning desire to have to call in and share your story anymore because it's just it's become so commonplace yeah and i wonder how much of it is you know i don't know what um what new thing i would bring to the conversation based on my personal experience or i've i was already able to go on to another site and talk about this or i was able to diffuse my tension about it because I typed in a few keywords uh, into my search engine and found 17 other people have the same experience on the same night. And so there's not this drive to communicate it because um, they're able to find communities elsewhere. Right. And uh, I just type out in the chat room. Somebody somebody called me Big Belly Ego, bro. So I was trying to say that my belly is big because that's where I keep all my ego, but I, I typoed wrong. But I'm I'm not trying to toot my own horn here. I'm saying that 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 there's there's a better way, I think, and there's a way that people will respond to more. And it's the Art Bell way. There's I, I'm not trying to say that I'm reinventing the wheel. I come on here trying to do what he taught us all to do. He and I, and I even wrote it. I wrote a blog for for WBSM.com and for SpookySouthCoast.com when Art passed last week. And I even said, you know, when he passed away, I didn't believe it at first because. Like Art taught us, I went and tried to verify it and see if it was real. Right. And even then, when I started seeing it, I was skeptical of the sites that I was seeing it on. You know, I saw the video from the Nye County Sheriff's Office, and I said, 
That looks really phony. That looks right. That looks like the that was the phoniest looking. And, and why is the police doing it? Right. Yeah, why would you do that? Right. It doesn't make any sense why you would do that. And so, yeah, I questioned it, and I thought that it was a. And hoax. it was Friday the thirteenth. Right. So it seemed, and I, you know what? I still don't one hundred thousand percent believe it either. Yeah, I mean, you know, as a host, he was he was the he was the uh, uh, the Mike Myers of of retirement. <laughs> right. Like you were never <laughs> you were never uh, sure he was ever going to be fully gone. So yeah, that carries over into his into his death as well. Uh, but uh, I do, I do feel like you know we're going to continue to carry the torch here. I think we'll we'll continue to try to do things the way that he would have wanted to do it because it's it's the right way, and it's it's not that I'm trying to copy Art Bell. It's not that we're trying to you know model ourselves after his career trajectory trajectory. You know what I'm saying? We're not I'm trying. Yeah, we're not trying to to try to make ourselves the biggest radio host in the world like he was. We're we're just doing it because we feel like it was the right way to approach things, and and you're doing a disservice to the audience if you try to do it any other way. So, we'll keep doing that. Yeah, I mean, and it's not it's not a uh, it's not a copycat. It's a it's a homage. Absolutely. And now, you're, you're, you're JJ to his Spielberg. Now it will be a copycat if I start coming up with my own recipe for pizza punch. Then <laughs> then you know that uh, <laughs> I always want your cat. Remember when he came back with the pizza punch? And and we were going to get some. We never did. We were going to get some and try it on the show, and we never did. And now, who knows? He probably took the recipe with him to the grave. So, But we're going to try some. Chris, I want you to stick around, because in a little bit, we're going to try an experiment here on the air. Okay. Uh, a live paranormal experiment, and I want you to be part of it. And okay. I, I, I will tell you a little bit more about it uh, coming up in a few moments. Uh, okay. And, and I, also I can want- give you a little bit more time. I also want to give – if you're up against the clock, let me know because we can get to that faster. Um, a little bit, but you've got me for a little bit more. All right. Well, then before we get into that, I, I, I want to give you a chance to let everybody know about what you're doing uh, with Tripping on Legends. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Uh, we've been at it, uh, my, my co-host Natalie, Chris, and I, for about a little over a year now. And we have just been going all around Florida and trying to um, – experience as much of the paranormal as we can and kind of get into the backstories of it. It's really cool because probably in the last three months, we've had three legend trips um, that we've been able to track where the legend began. Um, and so we've been out there. We've talked to people who maybe have had experiences or know people who have had experiences, friend of a friend, um, and yet we're able to completely find out, like, this is not real. Um, so it's a really good uh, blend of um, – you know, gathering uh, information and getting some of the some of the craziest EVPs that I've ever gotten, and yet really be about being in the moment and kind of doing the research to find out uh, where exactly does this come from? Why do people do it? And in so many of these places, it boils down to paranormal stuff is going on, and they have no explanation, so they're just gonna hang their hat on the on the most familiar and most comfortable legend they can. And so that's a really cool thing. So you know, we've got a Facebook, so it's you know. Facebook.com backslash Tripping on Legends. That's probably the easiest way to to follow what we're doing. And and we're just kind of, you know, we're in a mode right now where we're just collecting more information for our next kind of like spring run. And uh, and I, I think that the, the listenership has really responded and, and you've built quite a, a base of people who are, uh, you know, appreciative of your style of, of being able to say, hey, we have no problem if it if the exploration leads us to find out that it's bogus. We have no problem if the exploration leads us to finding out that it's it's based in some truth. But it's it's it you you're not uh, 
you're not trying to co-opt any of these stories to fit a model or to fit an idea. You're literally letting the story take you wherever it takes you. Yeah, and, and the crazy thing is, uh, and we've discovered this area of Florida uh, surrounding the Ocala State Forest and kind of extending, and it's like there's all these really, really interesting stories coming out, and we're able to track, like, wait a minute, we can follow this story starting here, and then someone steals a little bit of it, and it's, and it's now in this area, and, and then they steal it and it comes to this area, and, but they're all experiencing the same stuff, and they're, and they're borrowing from one another. And, and, and it's not necessarily, you know, in the strictest sense of the word, like going and investigating and proving it right, but it's, 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 really, it's really kind of, you know, getting, I think, at the, that heart of why we, why we tend to develop stories around things that we can't explain. And how, in a lot of ways, we, um, we, <laughs> we, we create things to explain away the things that freak us out, and yet we invent stories that are freakier than the things that are actually happening. Now I'm going to ask you, and I know that you are uh, not so much of a, a paranormal researcher, uh, I'm sorry, a paranormal investigator anymore, you're more of a researcher, but um, have you heard of the Estes Method? No. Okay. I, but I saw, but I saw the, all these posts on it the last couple of days. So basically, uh, this was something that was created at the Stanley Hotel, which is in Estes Park, Colorado. The, the group that, that uh, runs the paranormal group there came up with this method, so they call it the Estes Method. And I first found out about it when I saw Greg and Dana Newkirk. Uh, I think they did some, some Facebook Live videos or some videos on their Paranormal Museum uh, website where they were using this method. And so I'd heard about it and I'd seen about it. I'd never actually tried it. Uh, last week at the Mount Washington uh, Hotel, we had a group going on. Uh, we, I'm sorry. One of the rooms that we were investigating was the, the princess room, the room that is supposedly haunted by Princess Carolyn. And, uh, and Ty Gowan from Haunt Me was staying in that room. So he was saying that while they were doing some investigating in there, they were trying the, the Estes method. And he said, if you want to come and try it in the room afterwards – you know, when the, when the investigation's over, because he was sleeping there. So he's like, if you want to come and do some investigating in there and we'll try that. I said, absolutely, 100%. So we went back in there. Now, what this involves is you take a pair of headphones, preferably like noise-canceling headphones. You put on a blindfold mm -hmm. and you put on the headphones and you plug the headphones into uh, a spirit box, an SB7. And then the idea is for the investigators to ask you questions and then you go back and you, you, you know, you, you just, the person that's underneath the, the blindfold and wearing the headphones, you just say whatever you're hearing come over the box. Okay. So you can't hear the questions. You can't see the people talking to you. You're just kind of in, in this mode of only being able to hear what's coming across the box and you're just repeating the words as you hear them. So you have no idea what people are asking you and if any of this fits in and it eliminates that bias of asking a question and then trying to hear an answer that fits the question that you asked. So it's like a double blind test. Exactly. And okay. so because then they can also hear what the words are that are coming through and develop questions that are <laughs> right. <laughs> even subconsciously. Gotcha. And so it, it you know it's very intriguing and they were getting great results with it. So I went into the room and uh, there was uh, probably about 6 or 7 of us in the room and I brought in my headphones and when I tried to plug it into uh Ty's spirit box it didn't his SB7. It, I could still hear them asking the questions because it just you know, the SB7 just has a terrible, terrible speaker. Right. So I could still hear everything that was going on. I don't know how Ty was able to get his up so loud. 
well, he was using earbuds, so that probably helped. I wasn't going to put his earbuds in my ear because that's just, you know, not that, not that he's unclean, but he just don't share earbuds with people. Yeah, and you, don't, so, you don't know what someone's Yeah, that's, that's how ear infections happen. So I said, you know what? Let me try and see if I can plug in my headphones into my Echo Vox on my phone. And it worked. And so I was actually able to, to block out everybody else and only, cause the echo box goes really loud. And so I could only hear that. So I'm sitting there on the couch in the princess room, uh, with my back to the door. And anybody that knows me knows I never sit with my back to a door in a room, but I had my back to the door and I put myself into the blindfold and under the headphones and I start asking, you know, I start saying whatever it's coming out over the echo box and they're asking me the questions that I can't hear. But I felt like I was taken out of the room and I was somewhere else. I was in a hallway, a dark hallway, and instead of like these voices just coming at me, it's almost like I could see people peering around the, uh, you know, peering out the doorways of this hallway saying these syllables to me. And uh, at one point I heard somebody banging on the door to the room that never actually happened. Uh, I felt like people were standing over me, whispering at me. Uh, Stephanie and Alicia, I thought they were whispering at me, and they never that never happened. So there was like all these weird things that were going on while I was underneath, and I was really freaking everybody out because I would actually like kind of physically move my head to see like where voices were coming from uh, because it's very spatially strange, and I was like getting really close to people without even realizing it, and uh, very nuts. So, and there was a couple of times that I really wanted to just take it off because it was getting to be too much for me. I thought I was going to go insane, but uh, I kept it on because Ty didn't take it off when he did it, so I wasn't going to take it off when I did it either. You know, yeah, being the, What's the sanity. Yeah. So, uh, but it was it was just very strange, and and I I don't know like really how much of it was jibing with what they were asking, but it was it was freaked me out. So what I was thinking is that maybe tonight because we're all, we are YouTube only, so it's not a big deal if we have some some dead air here. Uh, what okay. I thought is maybe I would try it tonight because the radio station here is haunted. For anybody that doesn't know, we have uh, there are multi- multiple spirits uh, that uh, that are in this building. Former employees that are still here, and just some other stuff uh, that Stephanie has picked up on, and that we have sat here after the show and seen shadow figures walking by the door to the studio. And um, for those of you watching on the camera, if you can see me now, there's there's a room behind me. And that room has a light in it that is motion activated. So it comes on when people go into that room. And we actually watched the shadow figure walk by the window of the uh, the door to the studio and then go into that room and then the light came on. So whatever it was, it was solid enough to turn the light on. But, you know, when it came on, there was nobody in there. So there is definitely stuff happening in this station. And so you've got that weird camera thing that happens even though you use different cameras. What, what's that? You have almost this, like, sonic boom that happens sometimes in your camera. We do. It first happened when um, when Jill's doll was in there, when Claire the doll oh, was Oh, right. And it's happened, I see it at least once a show. Uh, so even if it's on different cameras, it still does this. It feels like the way they visually represent a sonic boom on television. Very strange. So I, I brought my uh, Sony noise-canceling headphones. And I have my phone. It's been charging up the whole time. And uh, I forgot to bring a a bandana to use to blindfold myself. But we have some T-shirts hanging around here. So I, I grabbed a, a black T-shirt. And I'm going to tie this around my head. 
and I'm going to put myself under on the Echo Vox, and you and Matt Costa can ask the questions, and I will just go and answer. I will say whatever's coming across on the Echo Vox, and that's how we'll we'll do this. And we'll see okay. if it works. And if it works, great. And if it doesn't work, at least we tried it, and it's okay because it was only YouTube. It wasn't a real episode. Right. <laughs> so hang on because I'm going to uh, – for those of you who uh, don't know what Echo Vox is, and you must not listen to the show ever, it is a uh, it has all the phonetics of human speech programmed into different banks, and it just sweeps through those banks over and over again. So it's not spitting out whole words; it's spitting out just phonetic pieces. But then the spirits can supposedly use those phonetic speeches to form whole words. Uh, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to put my phone into airplane mode. So that I don't get any stray signals going across. I'm going to just close out all my open alerts so I can show everybody. So as you can see, my, my phone is in airplane mode. And I'm going to open up Echo Vox. Oh, by the way, I don't know if you're aware of this, Matt. There's an Iron Maiden game. Oh, I saw that, yeah. Yeah. I, I can't play it. It's I'm terrible at it. but it's, Okay. So Echo Vox, and I'm going to call this Studio experiment so that I have the recording. And what we can do is we can probably upload this audio later on to our YouTube channel so people can hear the audio that I heard at the time. Oh, And yeah. see, so studio experiment. This is fun. So I turned on the echo. I am auto blending. I should have on the reverb. Yes. And so I'm going to put the I'm going to start it, and I I have the audio up so that everybody can hear that it's it's running, and I'm going to show on the screen that the Echo Vox is running, and I'm going to make it as slow as I can, because it's still going to come out really fast. So I've done that. All right. Now i got to put myself under here. And take those headphones off. Take my glasses off. I don't know why I'm narrating this for a radio audience because the only people that are watching this, I guess maybe the people on the podcast later. Right. So I'm gonna let me let me plug in my headphones to my phone first and turn them on. Well, also so, so that you can you can duplicate the experiment at a further time because you've got all. Oh, your I'm also gonna turn down these headphones so that I can't hear anything out of that. All right, so here's the sound that's coming out of my headphones. So, you know, and I'm going to turn on the sound noise canceling. Turn on the noise canceling. Other side. So the noise canceling is on on the headphones. So those are going to be right there. I don't know if I can actually tie this physically. Yeah, I can. This is a great look for you. You should do the show like this every day. I feel like I could just go like rob something right now. Okay, so I can't see, but I can still get it over my ears so I can get the headphones on. All right, I'm going under, and I'm just going to start saying whatever I hear. All right, Matt, ask me a question to see if I can hear you. First question, brother. So I can't uh, I hear you, and I definitely can't hear Chris because I don't have on those headphones. So I'm sorry if I yell, but I can't modulate myself. So I'm, I'm asking, uh, like we're right. doing an EVP session? I hope. 
So just go ahead and ask questions, and I'm going to just spit out whatever I hear. Okay. Um, are there any spirits see here? If I can turn it up a little. Walk. Chris, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Hi. Can you see us in the studio? Breakfast? Actual? Is there someone you want to talk to? Is there someone you want to make contact with? It will. Beautiful. Were you an employee here? No. Door slamming. That's interesting. Oh, what was that? Murder. Is is there something that happened in the studio to you? Spooky. Spooky. Chris. How long have you been there? Uh, two Two tapping sounds. Chris, are you looking for me? Business. Bitch. Are you looking for one of the hosts that work here? Is there a message that you have? Now it keeps going, but I'm only saying when I can actually pick out something. Is there someone you want to talk to? Out. Is there something we can do for you? Walls. How long have you been here? Hurry. What? Can what was that? Oh, I'll repeat that. Help. Do you know our names? Can you tell us your name? Beth? Lying? Think? Where are you from? Best.
Can you tell us your hometown? We can something. Skins. Frightened. Is there something that's frightening you? You hear me? We can hear you. Amen. Paranormal. Are you here all the time? I tried, but it's hard, bitch. Whoa, that was weird. Is there something that we can do for you? On fire. Do you like that we are here? All right, I'm going to take him off. How'd that go? I feel like there was a couple hits. Yeah, there, there was definitely some things there that were. There's something, you a know. couple weird, weird things. What were you experiencing uh, that you were responding to, though, uh, Tim? Uh, well, what I was getting a lot of is I was getting a lot of uh, sounds, um, which mm-hmm. is which is weird because it's just supposed to be phonetic speech. But I was getting a lot of sounds of uh, like a there was a time when I said like two banging sounds or two tapping sounds. That was it was like two like <laughs> sounds. Uh, there was also uh, a sound too that sounded like. Um, like almost like the sound effect you would hear in a movie when somebody's getting stabbed, like that, you know, like like the psycho. Yeah. yeah. Like uh, I heard that a couple of times, um, but generally it was just a lot of uh, words. See, the problem with the echo box is it's hard to get it so that you get it at a good speed, so that the words are coming out, so that you can hear them, but also like fast enough that you can understand, uh, slow enough that you can understand them. Yeah. So that takes a, a little bit of work and i know like with an sb7 it's different because you're getting the radio stuff so you're getting like more complete phrases but uh i also feel i i feel like uh echo Vox is better to use than than spirit boxes because of that reason because you're getting just phonetic sounds so you're not misinterpreting entire phrases that you're hearing on the radio right Do, were you, you saying the name beth beth i heard the name beth twice hmm. okay and they were they were you calling out to me or were they saying the name? Chris? No, they were saying your name. They said your name, uh, I think, three times. Okay. So, I I will go back and I will watch and see uh, what it what it said. But uh, we can also take the I can't. I'm trying to read the the chat room and I can't get my eyes to adjust now from being underneath that. Um, 
yeah, there was definitely some interesting things there, and it, it's, it's, it's a, it was an interesting experiment in that, you know, we didn't know when to necessarily continue the conversation or let the, the names, you know, let the, the sounds ride out and wait for you. It's, it's, uh, yeah, you're, you should just have been asking questions, and I'm giving you the answers. Yeah. Like, no, no, like, what I'm saying is, is, like, how long to wait for the response, you right, know? Right, um, Especially where, you know, you, like, as I'm sitting there listening, trying to make out words, like, you're probably probably like, all right, now he's just not saying anything. But you we probably... Th- you were ignoring us. Yeah, yeah, I think, well, you think, well, I, I, I technically am because I can't hear you. But uh, right. it's certainly something I recommend giving it a try, like look more into it and give it a try, you know, when you're somewhere where you feel comfortable doing it. Um, I felt very uncomfortable doing it in the princess room, uh, but, you know, doing it here, I, I felt okay. And that, part of that could be that that was a place that I'm not familiar with, and this is a place that I spend way too much time in every week anyway, so I do feel comfortable here. So I think that, that might have been part of it. Yeah, I mean, there was actually a part of me that expected you to show up at my house. Like you had somehow, you know, because you were you were talking about leaving and stuff like that. You know, I think that that sensory deprivation and just completely in on that on that vibe allows for things like astral projection. So I was half waiting to see you in my uh, in my room here. Yeah, I, I would not have been surprised that you know I think that if I had done it without being in the confines of putting on the show, uh, I might have let myself self go a little bit more but i think i just kind of stayed grounded knowing that uh, because in the back of my mind like there's always make sure that when you talk that you uh are pointing toward the microphone where did that bug come from a bug just flew it's weird at me i wonder if it came from that shirt <laughs> <laughs> it's been sitting, sitting over there for a while uh but that is um that is definitely the the you know, in, in in your mind the whole time is, as you're going through this, you're thinking to yourself, like, I could easily be separated from myself at any given moment here. Like, you, you just, you, you have that feeling of, uh, if you're willing to, it will take you somewhere else. And normally I would have been more than willing to, except I just kept thinking to myself, make sure you're talking near the microphone. And I think that that inadvertently kept me grounded. But... I definitely recommend it for anybody that wants to try it. It's it's certainly uh, a new take on just sitting around and, and talking to you know a spirit box. Well, now you've got my co-host uh, here listening to you, listening to us, uh, wanting to do it. So and all you need it's it's so if you wanted to do it at home, like really, you could just download the Echo Vox app or get any. There's there's free Ghost Box apps that you can put on your phone too, but uh, I use Echo Vox. Almost exclusively now, even though it's thirty bucks to download the app, but I use that pretty much exclusively. And so all you need is that, some headphones, so that when it's loud enough, you can't hear somebody asking you the questions, and a blindfold, anything to blindfold yourself with. You know, we used a bandana last weekend. I use a t-shirt tonight. So um, I think if we're going to keep doing this on a on a more frequent basis, I'm I'm going to go actually get one of those like sleep masks. Like I'll I'll invest in the actual like real blindfold. And uh, and I'll get another pair of noise canceling headphones so that people don't have to keep using mine. I'd love to see you do that in the uh, that room in the Houghton Mansion. Oh, in the Psychomantium. Yeah. So get this, Chris. Almost every place that we go to now for an investigation, I make a Psychomantium somewhere. <laughs> right. So we I I did it in uh, in the closet at Lizzie Borden's. Uh, we did it last weekend. We were 
investigating the Breton Arms, which is the smaller hotel at, on the Mount Washington property. Uh, mm-hmm. the, nobody was staying in that building. It was closed for the season. We went into one of the rooms that they left the door open to, and we turned the bathroom into a into a psychomantium. And I, I've been doing that more and more frequently at all the different places that we go to, and people have been getting crazy responses because I'm trying to incorporate more, um, you know, outside the box, more than just walking around looking at a meter type stuff for people right. to investigate with, and 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 I feel like we're getting a response. Yeah, I, so. I mean it, it's 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 one of those things where uh, um, I think if if you're varying up the experience, then it then it's um, bringing something fresh, and that freshness maybe actually is the spark for more activity. I agree, I, and I I think that the other thing too is that by uh, taking more risks with stuff, you know, like we're going to reopen ourselves up as investigators. I think. I think if you do enough walking around a haunted location with a meter, you eventually close yourself off to stuff. Right. Um, as much as you think you'd be more open to it, I think you just become closed off to it because it, it takes so much more to get your attention now. So that by putting yourself in the dark and depriving yourself of some of your senses and hyper-focusing on others, uh, it, it'll keep you more open and aware. So we're, we're going to well, keep and doing also it. it. And also it, it, it's one of those things where – um, you're looking for a very specific response when you are relying on a device, right? As opposed to, you know, it, you know the, the question of like, well, we're we're always looking for life as defined by this when we're talking about aliens or life on other planets. But it, but if we're looking at a small spectrum, and you're not necessarily, uh, you're you're ready to discount the other senses and, and what you might be perceiving or, or even what you're emotionally feeling. Um, you are looking through half an eye. Yeah, with this, it's whatever happens, happens. And you can't, if you try to overanalyze it while it's happening, you're robbing yourself of the experience. You exactly. Just, you just got to spit out whatever you hear. And, and part, of that, part of that problem is I have to shake my tendency as an investigator to when I hear responses come across Echo Box, you know, I have a tendency to say, like, repeat that again, because I know that they were trying to say something, but I couldn't make it out. And you, you really can't do that. I shouldn't do that. You really just keep going with it and just re- saying whatever comes in, into your into your mind or, or into your ear from what's being put together. So uh, I got to I gotta do a little bit more work on it to be able to do it again. But, you know, if we had been at Lizzie's tonight, I would have done it there. I was fully prepared to go into the basement where whatever that dark thing is, you know, messes with me. And I was willing to sit there in the dark with just one other person and, and doing this. So, um, you know, it's you, you got to be willing to put yourself out there for it. And, and I'm going to do it at more places. And if people want to do it, they can. It's Don't worry. It'll turn and, into something. And, you know, it, it's interesting because, you know, uh, so much of investigating is about control. Um, and that type of investigating is about losing control. Yeah, and, and 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 that's really scary because you know we, you and I have talked about this a lot. Like, you don't know what's on the other end just because something says that it is what it is or, or presents itself that way. It's really hard to open yourself up to whatever might be out there, because, especially because we know there's dangerous things out there. And so uh, it, it's it's not surprising that you would get more results by becoming more free. We're just uh, Matt's going to try and figure out what's going on on the radio. Uh, well, you know, because we're off the air right now. Here on you know, even though we're broadcasting over YouTube, we went off the air on the radio, so we're going to try and fix that. So I'll let you go for the night, Chris. But I appreciate you having me on and allowing you. me to kind of do my own little uh, memory of, of of the great one. 
Uh, well, uh, thank you for, for joining us, and, um, and we'll definitely uh, be in touch in the future for more. And I will let you know if the Estes Method keeps saying your name. <laughs> yeah, if there's a message that comes through for me, let me know. All right, will do. All right, have a wonderful night, guys. You as well. Take care. Right, bye bye. That is Chris Balzano joining us on the phone, and uh, and are we on the air? Am I? I'm talking on the radio now, so I shouldn't. When when the spirit box is saying bad words, the echo box is saying bad words. I shouldn't repeat them on the air. Right. I got to put you over there. You're not over the air. Now you are. Excellent. So uh, the we are just about out of time for the show anyway, and uh, we'll we'll end it so that we can figure out what's going on. Plus that experiment made me have to use the bathroom, so. It has nothing to do with drinking this giant soda <laughs> through the whole show. But uh, for those of you who are just tuning in on the radio and, and may have missed us uh, on the YouTube broadcast of Spooky South Coast, I just underwent what is called the Estes Method of Paranormal Research. And I will tell you, just go to SpookySouthCoast.com or go to the Spooky South Coast YouTube channel, and you'll be able to see the video uh, in the coming days and seeing exactly what that was all about. But I want to let everybody know about something that is new to the program and that is that we have uh, we have joined forces with paraboxmonthly.com parabox monthly and it's uh it's a very interesting Matt shared the the post up the other day and I was like this is a very interesting idea so what they do is they they take designs that they silk screen onto a soft style t-shirt that's really comfortable uh and and you know me if you watch the show I wear t-shirts pretty much exclusively and it's got to be a comfortable one for me to be able to sit here and, and do the show in it. And their, sh- their shirts are very comfortable. You'll be engrossed by the T-shirt. You'll forget that there's actually a puzzle built into it. The puzzles can be in the form of codes, ciphers, riddles, numbers, images, or other hidden gems. And you get to have fun exploring the design and putting the pieces together to figure out where to go next. So give it a try. You've got nothing to lose. You can choose a month-to-month plan, a three-month plan, or a six-month plan. No contracts. You're free to cancel at any time. Some of their paranormal themes include ghosts and haunted locations, UFO encounters and aliens, folklore and legends, which I know is something that uh, Chris would be totally into, cryptozoology, and another thing he'd be into, urban legends. So those are some of the themes of these T-shirts. You order from Parabox Monthly, and you get these shirts, and you try to figure out what they're all about. So if you want to try it out for yourself, just go to paraboxmonthly.com, and when you get there and you order, use the code SPOOKYLIVE, and you'll get 10% off your order. So give it a try, paraboxmonthly.com, use the code SPOOKYLIVE, and get 10% off. So this is, I want to know when somebody figures it out, and they figure out what the puzzle is, like, I don't want them to ruin it for me. Don't tell me. Don't share it with me. I want to be able to figure this out for myself. I hear they're pretty. Uh, they're pretty complicated. I, I was checking out some of the ones uh, online, and, uh, and they certainly look. They look like it's you're going to get your money's worth spending the month trying to figure out the puzzle. Right. You know, it's not going to be something where you open it up and you open up the package and you take out the T-shirt and you say, "Ah, I get it now." You know, it's not going to be a little orphan Annie secret Dakota ring, where it tells you to be sure to drink your old. <laughs> This is going to be the real deal. So paraboxmonthly.com, use the promo code SPOOKYLIVE and save 10%. And uh, we're just about out of time for this week's show. We will be back next week. Uh, there's some speculation that I might be out of town the weekend after that. I haven't decided yet if I'm going to go down to Philadelphia with the Bright Star Promotions crew or not. 
But um, but we'll definitely be here next week for another edition of the show. And if you want to get involved with some of these events that we have coming up, uh, all you have to do is go to SpookySouthCoast.com. We have uh, the Smith-Harris House in Niantic, Connecticut, coming up in June. We'll be in Winchenden at the Isaac Morse and the Murdoch-Whitney Houses, both houses in one night in July. And then also in July, we'll be in Wareham at the Fearing Tavern and the other buildings owned by the Wareham Historical Society. Then we have coming up in October... We have uh, the Parson Barnard House, and we're working on a few other things that I really I can't give away all the details now, but we're working on some things. So there'll be more announcements to come. But uh, definitely grab up some tickets for some of those other events if you want to come along and uh, try Paranormal Investigation for yourself. And we will do the Estes Method at those locations. I'm, I'm putting this on the table yeah. for uh, any any event that we do. We can add this to it. We'll have plenty of people there to ask the questions. You can go under if you want. If you'd rather just be the person asking the questions, you don't have to go under. But we're going to start bringing this into our investigations because I feel like it's the next step of what we've already been doing. It's the next way to kind of get to the bottom of some of these questions that we have. And after all, that's what Art Bell taught us to do. He taught us to keep asking the questions even if we think we found the answers you know, find new questions to ask. So that's what we're going to continue to do here on Spooky South Coast. Uh, if you've missed the program, again, as I mentioned, this episode will be on YouTube, and it will also be on podcast, wherever you find podcasts. So you'll be able to watch the show, listen to the show, wherever you get podcasts or YouTube, whether it be through the YouTube app, whether it be through uh, going to YouTube on your computer or your laptop or your mobile device, or maybe you have a smart TV with YouTube built in, and you can just access it right there on your television. Or if you have Comcast, I know for a fact that the Xfinity cable box will log into YouTube right for you. So if you want to watch YouTube, you can do it right on your cable box, which means you can watch Spooky South Coast. Not only can you catch our episodes on demand anytime and watch all the great episodes that we have up there, but you can also watch the show live. So on Saturday nights, if you've been sitting in front of your computer and you're just not comfortable you're sitting there with your laptop on your lap and, and, and maybe it gets warm or or maybe you want to be able to have the flexibility to, to lay down on the couch and still be able to watch the show, just load up YouTube on your Xfinity cable box or on your smart TV and you can watch us. And we look good. Well, as good as we can look, but we look good even if you have a, a 4K high-definition television because we broadcast in high-definition as long as the Internet's playing nice. So uh, so certainly go back and check out some of the episodes if you've ever missed any. And, uh, and coming up, we're going to be talking about some of the great things that are happening over the summer. We'll be talking about Plymouth Paracon, which is coming up this fall, this September in Plymouth. Uh, and we'll talk about all strange and unusual topics. We're going to continue to try and do Art Bell Proud. We're going to continue to try and put on a show that he feels is worthy of being on his Dark Matter Radio Network. Even though Art's no longer with us, his spirit will continue on through this show for sure. Uh, for many years to come, because we we know he is the master, and uh, and we revere him as the master, and I will continue to try to carry that torch, however little bit of a piece of it I I try to carry. So until next week, for Matt, for Matt, for Stephanie, for Chris, for everybody that's involved in the program, and for the late great Art Bell, I'm Tim. We want you all to stay spooktacular. <laughs>